Welcome to In the Driver's Seat, a podcast on managing financial risk in your grain operation, brought to you by ABM. Hello, this is your host, Holly Donato. There's an old joke I like that says, experience is what helps you recognize a mistake when you make it again. I think all of us want to get better at learning from our experiences so we can do better going forward. And nowhere is that more important than in grain marketing, where the margin of error seems to get slimmer every year lately. We're concluding this five-part series on grain marketing skills uh, today with, with uh, honestly evaluating your grain marketing, how to do that so that it turns into a better plan for the next year or selling cycle. Joining me are two people from ADM who are continually helping farmers plan and execute better grain marketing, Miranda Wamsley, an origination manager in East Central Illinois, and Jason Deppenbrock, origination manager in Northern Illinois. Good afternoon, Miranda and Jason. Hi. Hi, thanks for having us. Miranda, so far in this series, we've covered uh, how to formulate a grain marketing plan and then execute it with some discipline. Why do you think then it's important at the end for farmers to look back and evaluate how it worked? You know, whether you are farming or if you are, you know, as Jason and I um, working with farmers to buy grain, um, any industry, really, I think, you know, successful people are going to continuously kind of do self-checks and look at things objectively and try to do a review and take inventory of, you know, what is going well, what is not going well. And I think this is just no different. You know, if you see that you made a mistake, you forgive yourself, you move forward, um, you learn from it, you just try not to make that same mistake again. And I think most successful people, I believe, do that on a regular basis. Jason, some other thoughts on that? Yeah, when when you go back into your business, you you're going to evaluate every part of your business every year. You need to see where your strengths in your business lie, um, where are the weak parts of your business. Uh, the grain marketing side of things is probably one of the most important facets of your business. So I think you have to take a look back, evaluate how you did. That way, you can improve on in the years to come. Do you think that farmers do go back and and evaluate uh, honestly, or are they kind of hard on themselves? Farmers probably are pretty hard on themselves. Um, there's a real emotional connection to the grain that they own. So it's hard for them to market that. It, it's hard for them to fail at something like that in their eyes when they think that they're not doing the right thing. So Miranda, is there a better habit to get into? How can farmers be more realistic and um, not beat themselves up, but learn from things that didn't go so well to, to put a better plan in place the next year? What's a more constructive process? So I think that a lot of um, farmers first will compare themselves versus the high of the market in that year. So they're going to be kind of basing themselves off of an unrealistic expectation to begin with. Um, So early on, if you can set your objectives and goals and targets before you even start marketing, then I think it's giving you that benchmark to look at. If you could lock in, like see what your break-evens are, lock in a little bit of profit and you know what you need to get that job done, then it helps you going forward to make those decisions. So I think it's setting it up before you even start and then looking back on things at the end of the season and seeing what you could maybe done differently. Jason, a lot of people say that if you can't measure it, uh, you shouldn't do it. So would that be true in farming? What what kind of goals in grain marketing are, you know, really achievable uh, so that you can actually measure them at the end of the year? As Miranda said, it's it's unreasonable to hit the hit or compare yourself to the high of the market. 
But look at the, the overall average of the market. Look at where the market finished on a, on a yearly basis on the average and compare yourself to that um, and, and learn from that. Learn to see the seasonal trends and compare yourself to that part of it. Um, we have different tools, different contracts that are available to farmers. And what we have found is even if a farmer is not participating in one of those, they want to look and see what the results are. And they kind of compare themselves to those results as well and uh, judge themselves by, by those means. Again, I go back to starting it at the beginning. So if you know what you need to break even, and then you know what kind of profit you could look at on a per acre basis, I know a lot of people will say, well, tell me what I'm going to make and I'll tell you what I need. And I think if, if you were to take a step back and just say, what do I need per acre to be successful here financially? Um, you could start getting into different tools that help you, you know, slide the scale on if yield changes or price changes, how's, how does that impact me? And where should I start selling that, you know, selling this crop at? I tend to think it's more on, did you meet your expenses? And then did you, did you get some profit in there? It's looking at it from a per acre standpoint and then being able to break it down per bushel. You can predict that you'll have. Jason, you were going to say something about that same point. Yeah. Your goal is to cut your expenses, but at the same time, maximize your profit. And, and you've got to come up with a plan as to where you can cut expenses, but yet at the same time, not slip on the production side and then not slip on the uh, profit side of things. Should I be evaluating myself as I go along? And um, how could I do that uh, in a market that's that's very volatile and in the middle of the growing season where yield projections constantly change? There are applications out there that help with this. A lot of the customers I work with use GrainBridge to help track where they are versus their targets and goals that they put in place at the beginning of the, the crop year. Um, by taking a look throughout the year, it, it gives you a better idea as to where you need to continue making those sales. And I have an example of this. So a couple years ago, I had a customer who was using GrainBridge and we had plugged his previous forward sales in. He was confident that he was going to have a pretty good yield. So when we started looking, even though the market had dropped nearly 40 cents in the corn, um, he knew he was going to have a lot of extra harvest bushels. And so when he started calculating where the market was that day on the remaining bushels he was going to have to sell, it actually was still meeting his target. So if he looked at that price, just the cash price that day, that maybe didn't look profitable to him. But when he rounded it out with everything else he had done, it was profitable. And to him, it wasn't worth the risk of the market dropping even lower, which is what he was, you know, that was his market bias at the time. So I think it's absolutely important to look at it the whole way through because it gives you the ability to maybe pull the trigger in times that you wouldn't if you were just looking at one piece of it that day, that price. Jason, do you have examples where a farmer has, you know, literally learned from experience what went wrong one year and then improved on that the following year or the other way around where something went right and, and he or she repeated that and, and even per perfected that a bit more than the next year to, uh, to succeed even better? You know, last year, the way the price environment was, guys were holding on to grain early spring. They weren't moving anything. They were all waiting for this magical number in June that we never did get to. Therefore, there was a lot of grain sitting left over this past summer that guys had to move at levels that weren't what they were looking for. 
And what I've seen this year with guys, and especially one customer in particular, is they've been more uh, forthright with moving grain up front right now, spreading it out over March, April, May, June timeframe versus waiting for uh, one home run to try to hit come June or July. And, and I think that's something you see every year with guys. Every year they learn something a little bit more about their marketing plan. Uh, they tweak it here and there. And it's something that's fun to work with them on. Now, there's so many contracts to choose from. I, I imagine, uh, do you see farmers trying a couple one year and then maybe trying something else the next year? Or do they tend to find a couple that they're really comfortable with and continually use them? And, and is that a good thing or, or, or would you encourage some more experimentation? I think it's, again, goes back to, you know, what risk can you take on at that time? Is it profitable? Are you able to make money there? And if so, then I think it's absolutely worth you know, maybe trying something new, um, spreading out your risk, diversifying. But I, I really think, you know, when I work with the customers that I, I have, I'm working with them on three crop years at a time. So we're trying to look at three different years every time to wait, make sure we are looking out in the future and that we're able to take advantage of what the market's given us, if that's profitable. So you're three years out. That's getting more common with uh, the size of operations now, Miranda? Um, I would say two years out, sometimes three, depending on, you know, what time of the year it is. But I I have found that my more aggressive customers are looking that far out and they are not afraid to put floors on. Um, they are not afraid to put a little bit of risk out in the future just because typically we have these carry markets right now and there is reward to doing that. Jason, are you seeing sort of the marketing instruments that farmers are comfortable using, is that growing overall be, as farmers look for new ways to, to hopefully widen the margins in these tight years? In these last few years with the farm economy, the way it's been, guys are hungry for new advice and for new ways to market their grain. As farmers become younger, more technologically advanced, they're looking for, again, new ways that they can bring value and bring value back to the farm. What can we learn about looking at markets themselves? Uh, it's one thing to look at your own performance and improve on it. What about looking at market trends in general and applying those to your marketing plan? We always look at the fundamentals in the market and what's going on with the North American crop. And then this time of the year, what's going along going on with the South American crop? Um, love to look at seasonal tendencies in the markets. Uh, love to be able to take a chart and look at a 10-year or 15-year chart. And the easiest one I can think of is if you look at December corn futures, new crop corn futures right now, and you look at a 10-year chart or a 15-year chart or even a 20-year, you can see a very clear-cut pattern year over year over year where in January, we start rallying the market just steadily higher. And if you look at that if you look at a line and draw it, it, it's a steady climb higher from January till June. By the end of June, we know here in, in the Northern Hemisphere whether we're going to have a decent-sized crop or whether we're struggling and we're not going to have a crop. Uh, if, you, if, if you know you're going to have a crop and you can see it on the chart, the market starts to tail off and starts a, a move lower all the way into the fall of the year. If you have a crop that's struggling and you're dealing with weather issues, uh, say back in 2012 or 2010, you see a market that continues to ratchet higher right into harvest. You know, that 2012 is still in the back of a lot of people's minds. And I mean, and it still should be, but I do think at, at times we need to remember 
that was a drought. If you are assessing your marketing throughout the year, a lot of the the people I work with, you know, just because we put a cash sale on one day, I look at it as it doesn't mean that that sale is done. If if you saw an opportunity, you could still use options or a different type of marketing tool to try to either protect other bushels that you're afraid to commit or, um, you know, protect yourself against a rising market. Miranda, what I hear you saying is that there are opportunity costs and you have to learn from too. You, you can't just look at the checks you might have to write, you know, and reconciling a contract that didn't do so well. It's it's looking at years beyond 2013 and saying, hey, you know, being gun shy this year uh, lost me money. Yeah, I think so. I know a lot of people have left money off the table because they were, you know, going from 2012 um, I had several customers that priced, you know, two or three years out and they were pleased to be getting 550, you know, cash corn for fall and others were sitting there afraid to do anything. And I think that you have to weigh that opportunity before you just say, no, I can't do that. Jason, things are warming up now when, as we record this podcast. Um, are you seeing farmers uh, getting their plans in order for the crop year? And how can they build more likelihood of success into that and, and feel good at the end of the season that they've done what they can in this environment? You know, they might have a marketing plan in place, but they kind of goes to the back burner because two important things that they've got is they got to get a crop in the ground and they got to get the crop out of the ground. So all attention will focus on getting stuff planted. Uh, I think that's where it comes into play. Some of the contracts that we have in place that will automatically execute for producers. Then a lot of times we tend to see during uh, with that time when the farmer is in the field planting that we see nice rallies in the market. So uh, having a contract plan in place that will execute for them, having offers in place that if the market does move that will execute for them is key to their success at this time of the year. So many times with the with the markets nowadays, um, trading the amount of hours it does, trading all night long. Uh, just because an offer doesn't get picked up in a day, trading session doesn't mean something happens overnight and it gets picked up overnight. It seems like every morning that we come in now, we have four, five, maybe sometimes a dozen offers that filled overnight because of action that took place in the overnight markets. Jason, do you think it's important to have someone to bounce those ideas off of? I mean, someone else to take a look from the outside and say, Yes, could have gone better. No, you did as well as you could. Oh, by all means, yes. Um, most of the farmer producers we deal with, this is their livelihood. They've been doing this for years. Um, they do a pretty good job of it too. And they know when they need to sell. They know what they need to sell and what levels and, and how much. But they sometimes want to bounce an idea off us and they just want you know reassurance that, yes, that's the right thing. Yeah, you're looking at it the right way. Yeah, you saw this in the market. Yeah, that's exactly what you should be thinking of. So I, I think that's where we come into play as being the, the, the producer's partner in all of this. And, and really where our relationships, uh, where it's key to have those relationships that you can bounce ideas off of them. I, I'll be honest, I have uh, discussions with a couple of my producers where I'll bounce ideas off of them myself. Um, it, it just makes our knowledge base that much more. Hmm. So it sounds like you're evaluating your own you know, work and ADMs based on, you know, what's working for farmers and incorporating that information into your own business. Correct. You have to have, and we do have a very mutual respect with our producers and um, some of the producers become very good friends um, and it, it helps. It, it makes a difference. I've worked really closely with 
you know, crop insurance agents. And it is nice to even bounce ideas based off of um, the spring price and cost. And do you take optional units? Do you take enterprise units? And how do you market against that? So I think a lot of those ideas are are really helpful when you kind of get the farmers, if you call it their board together, you know, so the people that kind of help them with decision making. I think there's a lot when you put put that group of people uh, around them. Thank you, Miranda and Jason. Great discussion about uh, evaluating your grain marketing, honestly. For you listeners, this wraps up our five-part series on staying in control of your grain marketing. But this new In the Driver's Seat podcast is just getting rolling, so we'll be taking up a number of uh, different topics on strategies to manage your risk better in your grain operation. For example, our next episode is going to be talking about getting a better price on fertilizer. Meanwhile, you can hear all the episodes at admadvantage.com. Look for the podcast tab. And and we want to hear your questions as the podcast goes on. Just click contact and uh, let us know what you'd like us to talk about in the next uh, few episodes. If you want to apply some of this uh, valuable information to your grain operation, reach out to your local ADM representative and get help uh, making and executing a grain marketing risk management plan. And if you need to find the nearest representative, you'll find that person as well on the ADM website. Join us for monthly episodes of In the Driver's Seat. And meanwhile, be well managing your grain operation. Thanks for listening. This has been In the Driver's Seat, brought to you by ADM. To learn more about managing financial risk in your grain operation, talk to your local ADM representative or go to admadvantage.com.